today is um hello and welcome to broadway binge i'm jeremy hannah I've, I've lost hannah okay so here's the scoop here's the scoop friends <laughs> Woo! okay i'm fine now we're okay. recording this is our second episode we're recording in a row Woo! it's 11 30 at night <laughs> on a weekday uh, we're a couple glasses of wine in uh, um, and a full point of ben, a full pint of ben and jerry's we I'm just good now. did our tony's preview episode yeah. which even if you're listening to this after the tony's i think it they're still worth in listening to the Tony preview <laughs> episode from 2019 because you're going to get our take on Hades Town, which might not come up again right. for a long time. Also, it'll give you some of our thoughts on Oklahoma, which we're going to talk more about today. But the topic of today's episode is that three of the musicals that we reviewed on Broadway Binge already, which are um, Carousel, Kiss Me Kate, and Oklahoma, old musicals. We talked about all of them, and we score every musical on Broadway Binge as was it good, is it good, and was it important. Right. But the thing is, with it is a good score, we're sort of guessing if this came out today in the 21st century, in this decade, would it be good? Would we like it today compared to other musicals around? Whereas, was it good? We're comparing it to like only musicals that had come out at that point. Right. But now we're in this unique position where these musicals have come out again yes. and are in the revivals category yes. for this year's Tonys. So we can actually sort of rethink, is it good? Yeah, sort of. And Carousel was in last year's Tonys. Um, right. But... We recorded that episode long enough ago that even though it's over a year old, that musical, it's happened since we reviewed it. So what we're basically going to do is we're going to talk about, I saw the Carousel and uh, Kiss Me Kate revivals, which Hannah did not. Hannah saw Oklahoma. We both saw Oklahoma on Broadway, but Hannah also saw Oklahoma in the the warehouse. St. Anne's Warehouse. St. Anne's Warehouse production. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about the versions that we've seen recently, and we are going to rescore all of these on... um, the ones that we've seen, we're going to rescore on is it good and see if this moves anything in the rankings and see how well these hold up and if the problematic elements can be fixed or not. So, yeah. Okay, cool. Lead us in. Um, so I guess I'll go first. So um, now it's actually insane that Broadway, in the sort of post-Me Too era, decides, hey, what if we revive <laughs> Carousel and Kiss Me Kate, yeah. which are about like encouraging <laughs> spousal abuse. But here's the thing, it's not actually insane. It's like somebody's like twisted idea of thinking that they're understanding the movement by being like, oh, we'll capitalize on this because there'll be like opinions and we'll be doing like a feminist version by not fixing it. I haven't seen that. I think them. you're giving it too much credit. I think these are all no, no, these no. are all produced and directed by men. I think they decided they were gonna do because me too, like we think like, oh, this has been a thing for a while. Me Too all happened in like 2017. No, no, no. I don't. I'm not giving them credit. I'm actually giving them less credit. I'm oh, saying I see. like I think they think, think that they're, they're capitalizing on this thing. I think it's both. So I think yeah. they already decided they were going to do these shows before Me Too. Then Me Too happened, and they're like, "Oh shit, should we like not do these after all? Because like we should have done them in the first place, even before Me Too, because they're just horrible like <laughs> musicals that Sexist, like encourage like yeah. abuse of women. Like should we make like they should have done them in the first place? Now they're like, oh no, we definitely shouldn't do them." I know, let's just double down and claim that we fixed them. I don't know. I mean, sorry, this is just a far-reaching opinion, but I think it's true. I'm just of the opinion that, like, we could spend a lot less time trying to fix old things and just make good new things, and, you know, or we could just keep doing Tammy the True. And to the extent you want to do an old thing, do an old thing like Oklahoma that wasn't really as problematic, and you don't have to fix it. how it is. You can, yeah, you don't need to fix it so much as just make art with it. Use it as a tool in your arsenal to create art, as opposed to, let's just put up an old thing 
and like alter the lines about yeah. like beating people. Right. The thing about Oklahoma, right, is like they completely peeled the skin back on that entire show in a way that I really appreciated. And I'm like, I'm not interested in seeing Kiss Me Kate or any other old musical unless they do that with yeah, because like Kiss- unless they fully take it to task. So I'll know? talk about Kiss Me Kate and Carousel sort of in, in the same token. They they were okay. both sort of straight up revivals. In the like, same token. What does that mean? That, that was a misuse of the phrase in the same token. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Um, I wasn't going to let that slide. Okay. Continue. Yeah. Let's talk about them in the same breath. Let's talk the about them breath. together. Let's, the let's same, combine the conversation the about them. the same swimming pool. Yeah. That's not a thing. No. Um, both of them were just sort of straight up revivals. St- like the orchestrations you would expect. The mm-hmm. book's basically the same. The dancing's similar. Um, I think actually in Carousel, it might have been original uh, Agnes de Choreo. Huh. Or I might be incorrect. They might. I think they actually redid it. But it's it's of that style of choreo. Same thing with Kiss Me Kate. New choreo, but like when when we originally reviewed Kiss Me Kate, I watched a filmed, like it was a live stage version from about 10, 20 years ago that they'd filmed, and it, it's similar kind of Broadway dance style. Same thing where like the highlight of the show is it's Too Darn Hot, which is just a totally unrelated dance song that has nothing to do with the rest. It was the same thing. In each of them, though, they tried to fix mm-hmm. the problem part by putting a small band-aid yeah or maybe making it worse i don't know <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll go one by one so okay. carousel mm-hmm. now obviously the worst part and i wish we had so the, the actual part with the slap the, the, yeah, yeah. I, I, I wish we had the sound clip that you and i played like three times boy, in a row on, so sp- please see our original carousel episode for you this. Must, yeah. in the movie this and i mean also in the original stage version but this made it to the movie adaptation and the daughter after the dad comes back in time because he's going to hell and god is like i'll let you go back into the real world and if you can do one good thing like i'll let you go back to the real world and he immediately slaps his daughter who he's never got to meet <laughs> and then like everything's going wrong because he slapped his daughter but then he's like, I know, I'll go to her graduation, and when some other random guy who's like unrelated to me is giving a good speech, I'll whisper into my daughter's ear, listen to him, and he will suddenly I'll get into heaven. So the dad comes back from the dead to be nice to his daughter again and promptly hits her. In the original version, the daughter then says to her mother, Mom, Mama, when so- is it possible for someone to hit you? Hit you real hard and loud, and it feels like a kiss? And the mom replies to her, Yes, daughter, it is possible for someone to hit you real hard and <laughs> no, loud. Stop. It's the wor- why it are we even giving like this airtime? It's the so, worst thing. So, so in this version, this is how they fix Carousel. This is the brilliant post Me Too fixing feminist production of Carousel. The daughter says, "Mama, is it possible for someone to hit you real hard and loud and have it feel like a kiss?" And the mom, rather than agreeing with the daughter, says, "Run along, little honey. Like go inside the house." And that's it. So the implication is still, yes, the implication is still that it is possible to feel like a kiss, but they just didn't have her confirm it. And this is like, this is like, oh, we fixed it? No, like, like, it, it, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's fucking hard. I mean, I don't know. Whatever. I didn't see it. I heard that it was really left something to be desired. There was yeah. apparently some, um, like, cross-racial casting in yeah, the but show. Yeah, but you, you, which, can't take, you can't take a sexist show and just, like, put... Like a South Asian uh, jigger and a black, um, what's the main guy's name? Harry, Harry, Johnny. The main guy, the guy who slaps his daughter, was played by Joshua Henry, who's a fantastic. Right, which is just like I'm like that's just like sloppy and careless. I mean that's great. You can't be like, like, oh, we're woke now because we we, are our horrible like like wife beaters who we say like it's good that they beat their wives. Like this is like like you can still go to heaven. Like like but now they're black. Like is that better? Like oh now the wife beater is a black man. Like is this better? It's all fucked up. It's all fucked up. Um, It's all fucked up. Okay, so Carousel, they didn't fix it. <laughs> yeah. Kiss Why do you think they? What, what, what do you Why think they, they were thinking? Like, what? 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 what, what they they what, don't I mean, give a shit. They they just they grew up loving Carousel and they wanted to do it again. And they're just like daring the millennials to complain. Yeah, like, they I don't, don't care. know. I just I heard it really left something to be desired. 
It did. So okay. So and, and when we review these, I'll talk about like the good elements. Um, but just to go over Kiss Me Kate. So to Kiss Me Kate, then similar. They tried to fix it. Yes. Um, so Sarah thinks Kiss Me Kate is awful. Go on. Yeah. So to go over Kiss Me Kate, um, my fiance Sarah just walked into the building uh, from her rehearsal. She's doing as you like it. Um, uh, great with the mechanicals. With the mechanicals. Uh, Look out for them. If, if you hear this uh, episode before the month of June is out, go see the mechanicals as you like it. Um, anyway, Woo! so Kiss Me Kate. The way they fix that, and you might remember that Kiss Me Kate basically this 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 nice talented actress woman has divorced her husband actress because he's woman. horrible. Um, and yet he, she's acting in his show and through a misunderstanding, some mobsters come to like kid. So he like allows the mobsters to basically like forcibly kidnap this woman. And then he like spanks her on stage and like beats her so much that like, it's a plot point actually that she can't sit down because he's beat her so severely. It's fucked up. And it's, it's really horrible. And it's like, haha, like what laughs everyone? Like what laughs audience of the forties? And they still play it in 2019. And all these people are sitting around who were born in the sixties and seventies. Like, oh, ha ha ha, guffawing about the laughter. But now don't worry guys, don't worry. Now it's okay. It's not just some random guy beating his wife. Now she hits him a little bit too. So now she deserves it, which no, makes it better, right? <laughs> now she deserves to be beaten because she has also participated in the hitting. No, it's not good. It's all bad. That's very bad. That's very upsetting. I just that's passed. the only change. That's, I, that's, that's the that's only change. Literally, that's the only change. She, she also hits, he hits her a little bit less and she hits him more. So now it's like, oh, it's give and take. Sarah, speak up. Okay, okay. Okay, we get in here, Sarah. Get close to the microphone. Get in here. Sarah's you're out here. Okay, so the thing is also that they really like lean into the marketing of, oh, I hate men. That's a song and that's like a catchable, like tweetable thing that we can advertise in our show. Except then when she actually sings the song, you're sitting there in the audience surrounded by these like older like people who like don't see any problem with the show at all. And they're all laughing at the song. Because the song isn't actually about hating men for, like, right. reasons, like, patriarch patriarchal reasons. Like, reasons women aren't, like, on equal status. It's just about, like, oh, the lads. Aren't the lads so laddie? Like, ah, they're being loud in bars. Don't we hate them? It's awful. Wait, wait, hold on. While you're here, do you have any carousel takes? Because you also saw carousel. No, it was just shit. Ah! Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, Ooh, I didn't see either. Thank you, Sarah, for your contribution. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> Um, Oklahoma. Oh, so Hannah, do you want to tell the Oklahoma? Okay. <laughs> um, so two things. First, now you get to talk about like the whole Oklahoma process and like St. Anne. Like you sure, get, sure, sure. Like okay, you okay. get to go over the whole thing. And, right. uh, and also at some point, you can save this for later. I think you should be the one to tell the story of how we saw Oklahoma. Oh, that was fun. Yeah. Okay, all right. So Jeremy's talked. I'll do some talking now. Yes. Um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. I saw it first at St. Anne's Warehouse. Um, there was a production um, there uh, almost a year ago at this point. Maybe huh? more. Maybe more. Um, I saw the production. I was completely enthralled by that production. I recently saw it off-Broadway. No, excuse me. I recently saw it on Broadway. Circle in the Square. Circle in the Square. Um, it's in the round bra- It's the only in the round Broadway theater. It's not fully in the round. It's like a three quarters. It's like a. But can't it be in the round? Or it's, yeah, I mean it's, it's technically not because it's like a glorified thrust situation. Uh, true. Fun Home was there. Once mm-hmm. on this island was there. Mm-hmm. Oh, which I recently started listening to again. Holy shit! I love that. We musical. dance. Yeah, I know. To the music up to. I was in it. I was. Wait, in, I was in a mostly. That's not good, Jeremy. I was in a mostly white production. That's of Once on really not okay. In high school. What's the Papa Papa? Papa don't, don't come, come around me. me. Yeah, that's my favorite part. Not good, not good. Um, I yeah. was in South Pacific. I played one of the native children. 
in my high school's production of South Pacific. Wait, That's so not okay. Who played? <laughs> no, no, we're not <laughs> doing that, Jeremy. None of you know what Jeremy just did, and I will not describe it to you. Um, I can't. <laughs> okay, so Oklahoma. It, no, I won't do it. I won't do it. Um, okay. We're how many glasses of wine? In? Only like two or three. Only like two Big, or three. Big Only glasses. like four. Um, so I saw it off Broadway at St. Anne's Warehouse and was totally blown away. And then I saw it again at Circle in the Square and was less blown away, partly because I'd seen it before, but also because I felt like the St. Anne's Warehouse production was a little more raw. Um, I actually felt like took a firmer stance in terms of um, turning the musical on its head. Um, I can speak specifically about Lori's track. I talked about this a little bit in our episode about the Tonys, but I'll say it again because it merits repeating. Um, I think that a story told in the uh, St. Anne's Warehouse production was really about a woman who was drawn to but ultimately not interested in either of the men she's confronted with, Judd or Curly. And so I actually found Lori's track to be sort of extraordinary, like this sort of dissociated, I don't know, perspective on what we think of like sort of this romantic lead. And in the Broadway version, I suspect because the audience wants it to be more of a love story, I felt like it became a little more lush and a little more normy between Laurie and Curly. And I was really watching the story of these two lovers, and then there was sort of this diversion surrounding Judd. Um, Do you want to talk about some of like the basic changes, though? Yeah, the, fine, fine, fine. Yeah. Okay, sorry. We should we should be more broad. Um, I mean, okay, so Daniel Fish has done something extraordinary. He's totally exposed what we think of as the classical uh, American musical in this totally new way. It's done... Uh, a lot of the lines are sort of delivered completely straight. The set is completely stripped. It's um, three-quarter seating. It's this sort of spare wooden barn house sort yeah, like, of Like untreated, set. like yeah. light wood. They're like, we, they serve chili during intermission. The orchestrations are completely stripped. The they're cooking. There's like stage. 20 mm-hmm. slow cookers on stage, and you think they're props. And yeah. they're cooking chili during the whole act one, which the audience then eats in act two with cornbread. It's super deconstructed. I mean, the songs are still all there, but the orchestrations are um, way more sort of like twangy, bluegrassy, folksy modern. what would have actually sounded like in 1900 Oklahoma when they didn't have orchestras because they just had like a fiddle and a washboard because they were like on the frontier. Yeah, and there's sort of a slyness to it. Like like I'm thinking about particularly Ali Hockham and... Um, Ado Annie, which are sort oh, of... Oh, speaking of fixing things, they mm. fixed Ali Hakam. Yeah, they did. Because Ali ha- So the problem with Ali Hakam, I remember when we originally well, did Oklahoma... Well, it's racist. So we were like, is this racist? Yeah. Like, like, are, like, is this a, a case... Is this, like, sort of, like, like a white actor pretend... Like, yes, like, so yes, is, it is. is it a white... Well, no, well, so hold on. Well, complicated. So we had this conversation in the original Oklahoma. You could watch the original Oklahoma and see this guy saying, I'm from Persia, and think, oh... Rogers and Hammerstein told a white actor, "You are playing a man who is actually Persian, so pretend to be Persian, like right. a, like almost the equivalent of like you know like yellow face or black face, like like you, a white person, are genuinely pretending to be Persian, and you're genuinely trying to convince the audience that you are Persian." Whereas I think what the movie was trying to get at, and like it was just not super clear, and the same with the original production, I guess, is that in the world of Oklahoma, it was a random white guy who was like fooling all these rubes by himself pretending to be Persian. Even then, it's a little problematic because he's doing, like, a fake accent. This threw that all out. He's not doing an accent. He's, like, a Yankee. Like, they all have their Oklahoma accents. He's just some random guy, like, maybe, yeah. like, sort of Jewish-looking, who's just, like... <laughs> who knows? I who just, just was who looking just at uses him uses, like, like, a New York accent, like, not, not, like, a regular American accent, not Southern at all, and he's just running around, like, occasionally mentioning to them that he's Persian right. while he's, like, trying to sleep with everyone, like, sell, sell trinkets. So it, it was so, like, lived in and in the world... I'm not going to say that it's like zero level problematic. Right, because I can't but, speak to that. But, but, like, but like 
if it is like it is the best possible way to do Ali Hakim. There is no, I agree. there is no, like there will never be a less problematic Oklahoma <laughs> than this one. Like it, yeah, it, like like it was as fixed as you can fix. Completely okay. So now I want to talk about obviously I want to talk about the homoeroticism in Oklahoma. Please do. Um, so there's a couple interesting directorial choices made to sort of uh, abstract, but also um, I don't know push the intimacy in a different direction. Um, I'm thinking specifically of the smokehouse scene where Curly and Judd speak together. In this production, the lights suddenly cut out, and you're like, what's happening? I'm in a Broadway theater, and it's dark. Is there a problem? Um, And so you hear the first half of the scene completely in the dark over microphone, which is kind of fun and disassociating, and you're curious about, like, what is this uh, amplified sound? Um, But it also feels extremely intimate. It feels a little pornographic, um, and you're suddenly like, Oh, I'm I'm completely aware of this text between these two men in this weird enclosed dark space in a way that um, I would have never thought of it before. If you've seen the original, suddenly you're like, "What's happening in the smokehouse?" And then a camera crew comes on and they um, project essentially the latter half of the scene and the song "Poor Judd is Dead." Um, it's projected on the uh, barn wall that I spoke of earlier in black, in and, black and white, extreme close up, extreme close up yeah, of the men's it, faces. Um, and it, you can't see anything in the whole room except for that wall. It's all pitch black. Yeah, it's very strange and odd, and and it, it's very disassociating. And um, I, I don't know. I mean, I would love to talk to Daniel Fish about what he's going for. I found it um, fascinating and interesting, and I appreciate it being uh, like kind of the pressure that uh, resorting to live streaming put on this super classic Western musical. But it was, it, I mean, just that scene, like that was when it went for me being like, oh, this is like a good adaptation of Oklahoma. Like it's as good an adaptation as you can do. Mm-hmm. When that happened, the lights cut out and there was like the the, yeah. the projection. And you know, I mean, I don't know if Broadway binge audience knows, but you know, Hannah, I hate projections. I'm, I don't fucking like them either. Sorry. My I, I, think, I think projections are so cheap. It's such a like, oh, like it's, it's just a cheap way to impress the audience into like, like, like have like add more to your set than yeah. like you actually like can come up with. It's it's just like right. it's Why? just a cop out. But the thing is like really good projections can be in service of the musical and can do things that you can't do with other effects. Like sometimes a projection is a cop out to allow you to avoid doing the things that you should be doing that would actually serve the show better. Sometimes the projection is the cleanest and most ideal form of the art that the director is trying to get across. And this was the epitome of that. This projection in this scene, poor Judd is dead was like all of like like the essence of Oklahoma and just yeah. the essence of everything good about this production of Oklahoma. It was like it like really like I was watching that and I was just so so impressed. Almost nothing has impressed me more <laughs> in Broadway other than like the twenty seconds of Ava Noblezada that I played three times <laughs> you play it again. in previous episodes. Just why not? This has nothing to do with this episode, but why not? Yeah, um, I'll keep saying. I will say I thought production uh, live streaming particularly was overused in this production. They did not use it as much in the St. Anne's Warehouse production as I recall. Um, I remember it being super successful in that smokehouse moment. You get this long, prolonged, long and prolonged mean the same thing. This close-up of um, Judd as he sings about his own death that's kind of riveting, riveting. of sort of like the tears in his eyes. Um, but then they used it again later, and I didn't quite understand why or what it meant. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. this is from Hades Town. Okay, so this is relevant. <laughs> <laughs> That was from Hadestown. <laughs> um, so that was I, I, if, you skip, no if you skip the Tony episode, 
I went on the record saying that Town is my favorite show of all time, which is not a position I came to lightly. And I'm, I'm not just like saying that to make a bold statement. Like I've thought about this like long and hard over the course of several months and determined that Town is in fact my favorite musical yeah, ever. Yeah, this is relevant. We, we um, went over it at length in the previous episode. So do even if the Tonys are over, do listen to our Tony preview episode. Um, what do you think will happen when they revive Town in 40 years? Like, It'll how be amazing. Do you, but like, how do you revive a show that's already about like conversations with the past? You know just, what I mean? just do it again. Sarah nodded. She understood what God, I was saying. God Jeremy Empress, ignored the. I mean, because the thing point. is, at that point, <laughs> God Empress Ivanka will have built a wall stop. No, all across stop. America to like hold back because like the seas will be fifty feet higher because of the global warming so catastrophe. So Ivanka, President Ivanka, will build here. walls off the Atlantic. Pause seaboard. here and say it took us exactly twenty minutes to completely devolve into only talking about Hades Town on this episode that has nothing oh to do with Hades Town. Um, I'm just saying it's going to still be like when she wrote. Hold on, when she wrote when we why we build the wall when she wrote that in 2006 Trump wasn't a thing yet it's true and it, and it became prescient so that's probably it's still 40 years from now it's still going to be relevant because it was relevant in 2006 it's relevant more than you would ever know now and it's going to be relevant in the future it will always be a relevant musical Town. yeah so okay so I guess we've talked about is there more we want to talk about Oklahoma okay okay so Oklahoma Oklahoma um is there more to discuss I mean I don't know I do think that in some ways this revival actually made me more aware of Oklahoma as a problem show yeah. which I think we talked about a little bit but watching it now you mentioned this a bit in our um, episode about the Tonys Oklahoma is completely fucked it ends with this murder and they right? just let him get away with it and they just let him get away with it granted in the uh, revival staging spoiler alert um, it's staged much more as a graphic murder yeah we're in in the There's original version yeah. like, the way that they sort of just let Curly off for the murder on his wedding night it's played for laughs whereas it's like a serious like though they did not change the book at all they did not change a word. They did not remove a word. But they just play it like this, like, like, because there's a sort of one character in the original Broadway thing where when the judge is like, oh, like, let's have a little sham trial and let Curly go so he can go on his honeymoon. And there's this one guy, like, the sheriff is like, I don't know, judge. I think we should really, like, actually do this. And everyone's like, oh, sheriff, like, come on. Like, these are just some, like, fun kids. Like, let them go. Right. Whereas in this version, the sheriff was like, like, I don't feel comfortable with what this is. And it's the same words. Yeah. But it's just like, you're totally like, the sheriff is like, well, like what's the sham well, trial? It completely changes the role of, um, what's her face? Auntie. Um, Auntie Ann Eller. Ann Eller. Ann Eller. And this was more pronounced, I think, in the St. Anne's production, becomes kind of this menacing figure at the end, mm-hmm. who's actually like forcing her, her niece, that's the word, to become married, and is kind of like doing some shady legal dealings at the end. Yeah. And and I felt like, again, that's, this is a little muted, a little blunted on Broadway, and I don't know if that was directorial or if that's just a product of like that audience wanting it to be a different story. But um, I still think it, it, it still shines through a bit. Like, this woman who we think of as sort of this beloved matriarch actually is deeply problematic. Yeah. Which is what I ultimately appreciated about this retelling is it, it forced us to um, take to task the things we take for granted. I saw this good article about this revival that was like, Oklahoma was never really okay. Yeah. No, that, and, that's, and that's what this is all about. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. That's, that's a great title. Too. And it was, it talked about how when Oklahoma first came out, the enemy was external. Like we were thinking about World War II. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Um, and then this article talked about how um, in this new production, the enemy is inside, right? The enemy is Ooh. us. The enemy is America. I agree. Yeah. So um, that's fun. Here's one last question I have for you. So, yeah. Um, you mentioned this in our previous Tony's episode. Yeah. Um, we were talking about lighting design. Sure. And I mentioned how um, mm-hmm. Sarah did not like, well, I didn't say this in the Tony episode, but 
Sarah did not like how at two points in Oklahoma, the lighting was suddenly green. I love the green lighting. Okay, I love like, Wicked. I love Oz. I love so, the disassociative so you... feeling. I thought it was a sexy, strange time. It was totally unexpected. Um, I don't have anything else to say about it other than that it's perfect and I wouldn't change it. Do you, do you have a theory of why those those scenes were Well, green? I think it served to really like undermine sort of our sense of ease, right? Like we were like, oh, I'm seeing experimental Oklahoma. Oh, the orchestra's weird and the casting's weird, but it's fine. And then suddenly you were like, no, it's not okay. It's not okay. There's something else going on. And I think it was clearer in the off-Broadway production, but um, to me that represented like the world of sexuality in the play, right? I think actually is... Um, Tracked by this green light, right? It appears, I think, surrounding the potion as well, right? Maybe. The first time it happens Maybe. is it's it's later on in the song, um, Surrey with a Fringe on Top. He's already sung a couple of verses, and then he sings like another verse of Surrey with a Fringe on Top, and it goes green. It's kind of dreamlike. Yeah. To me, I mean, okay, I don't know. Dream, uh, green is a spooky color, and duh. Sarah, duh. do you have a rebuttal? Sarah's going to come over and give a rebuttal. Hold on. Mike. So my thing with the lighting was that I appreciate weird lighting, and I appreciate lighting choices, but in the moment, I found myself looking around because it was also the very first lighting shift right. from like, oh, we are all lit and we're all in this communal, like, you know, like dance hall esque space together. And then all of a sudden the lights were green and they weren't green all over. Mm -hmm. They were just green on the stage. So I found myself completely taken out of the show in a exactly. new way. Exactly. To be, but like not in a way that for me, like worked to be like, oh, what is happening? In a way that I was like, why? Is the light green? Why aren't we green? And then I was like, look at their clean lines of lighting around the stage. Isn't that One cool? short day in the <laughs> Emerald City. I'm sorry. No, like, I, I, lo I usually love weird lighting, but I just sort of found myself actively sitting there thinking about the choice of lighting and then being like, oh shit, wait, what's he doing on stage? See, okay, for me it was about telling the story that the song that we think of as romantic and charming actually has this like dark underbelly. Right, like it's, it's usually a moment of seduction and love and like, oh, the story with the fringe on top. And what I liked about it is suddenly we were in a place where we felt uncomfortable and we felt strange about what was happening. And I think that this Broadway production fails to fully execute that in, again, the way that the St. Anne's Warehouse production did. But for me, it like underscored that like, oh, there's not, there's something weird with Curly. It may also be that I am not as familiar with the show. Mm. Like, I, I've never seen any production of Oklahoma, just the movie once. So mm. I have no like nostalgia or like connections or preconceptions of these songs but that's valid i don't think you should have to have those to like consume this production guys the the, the important thing to know is that hannah saw oklahoma revival before it was cool right. when it was off broadway <laughs> and hannah and it, right off. and hannah didn't like the broadway hadestown as much as i did because right. hannah loved the off-broadway version that they knew about before it was cool okay so anyway so jeremy and i got to um it's true that jeremy and sarah and i all saw all saw Oklahoma together on Broadway because um, I saw Oklahoma uh, with my uh, friend, director Katie Lindsay, who I'm about to work with this summer, and we met up in New York and got to see it together, and I was like, oh, Jeremy, I'm going to be in New York. I'm seeing Oklahoma this night. And Jeremy was like, oh, I'm also seeing Oklahoma this night. And I was like, that's so funny. We won't run into each other. I enter the theater. I sit down. Who is sitting directly behind me in the theater but my good friend Jeremy Berman and his fiance Sarah Zirod. And um, the rest is history. But we all got to watch it together, which was pretty yeah. fun. Yeah, it was like so random. And we got yeah. to like meet Hannah's cool director friend. Hi, Katie. Yeah. She's um, probably not going to listen to this podcast. She's not listening to this crap. But maybe one she's day. A, she's a legitimate <laughs> professional. I'm 
a legitimate professional. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, uh, debatable. Um, I mean, she's so the one hiring you, you that's know? That's true. No, like, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Anyway. Um, okay. okay, anyway. Um, Should we write these things? Orlando at Williamstown this summer. Um, Let's write these things. Wait, hold on. I feel like I have more to say. Okay. Well, um, yeah. I want to talk about Dream Baby Dream. That's all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about it. Okay, okay, okay. So in the original production, there's this Dreamscape ballet, which... Um, Essentially, like, a sta- stages, um, like, trigger warning, this imagined uh, non-consensual sexual encounter between Laurie and Judd, and I hate it. It's my least favorite part the of the show. Dream uh, choreographed by Agnes DeMille. Yeah, and, like, I, I just, you know, why do we need to stage that? What purpose does that serve? Um, and what is extraordinary about this production is instead it's a modern dance number, right? Like, that's what it is. Yeah. I do think it goes on for about three minutes too long. Agreed. It, it was really good, and then, like, that one guy comes out to like cast a shadow across the stage, but he's not yeah. even a character, and it's kind of no. like okay. And they bring out the camera, and I'm like, why? Yeah, the camera was unnecessary. They but do this, drop shoes from the ceiling for some the reason. Best and, part. And, and then she crawls around like a creepy like horror movie monster, like yeah. like eating shoes, and it's like really weird. So, um, I will say when I saw it off Broadway, um, they had a whole course of dancers come in at one point, which I actually missed. I missed like the uh, like feeling of like oh, this is a narrative that is repeated in many bodies. Um, but instead, in the Broadway version, it's just one dancer. Um, I believe her name was Gabrielle Hamilton. Well, so, you know, we She's saw, we saw an Extraordinary. I know. We did see an understudy. The real one has the, her head shaved. I saw the original um, off Broadway. Oh, of course. Of course um, yeah. Um, of course I did. But um, <laughs> I really love it, though. I really appreciate, like, his totally fresh take on the dream ballet. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And Fish I want a dream baby dream shirt. I shouldn't be allowed to have one. It's not for me. But um, I love not? the shirt. Because, I don't know, it's for this dancer. But I wish they were okay. selling Dream Baby Dream shirts. Well, you could go to the so. Kiss Me Kate and buy a shirt that says I Hate Men because they're trying to reclaim it as a feminist musical, which it isn't. No, that's so stupid. To me, that's what I meant by, by, the, by the Me Too thing. Like, some stupid, probably, like, man was like, oh, Marketing. we can market this as this thing that it is not, but we can capitalize on it. And then, like, people who are simple will come and see the show and think that they're participating. <sighs> yeah. Because the song I Hate Men is, like, I feel like it's designed to be, like, for men to take satisfaction yeah. in the knowledge that women are annoyed at them but can't do anything about it and have to take them anyway. And it gives the men satisfaction to see, like, haha, look at this woman, look at this woman struggling and hating men but eventually submitting to a man. That gives me joy. Like, that's what it's about. It's not a feminist song. And for them to, like, pretend it is, like, to sell shirts and make money, to, like, increase shareholder profits is, like, honestly disgusting. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Um, I don't know. Happy Pride, everyone. Happy Capitalism Pride. sucks. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> okay, um, but what we should mention also, did I talk about the homoeroticism already? I did a bit. You did. But um, I appreciated the homoeroticism in this production. Um, I think that that is something latent in all American musicals. I think it is something latent in the American musical canon. Um, and that's all I have to say about that. All right, so we're going to rate these. Okay, fine. Um, so the first two will have to just be me. Um... Actually, that's no, not true. Oklahoma was chronologically the first. So let's um, let's re-review Oklahoma. So just to give you all um, an, a reminder of what we scored it. So originally, I gave Oklahoma a 10 in wasn't important. I gave it a 10 in <laughs> well, wasn't Well, you can't good. change that. No, I can't. I won't. So I gave a 10 in wasn't important and a 10 in wasn't good. And those aren't changing because those are still like as accurate today as they were before. Okay. However, I gave it only a 6 out of 10 in is it good. So I still, even before this revival, just like the old original Oklahoma, I think... Put that on Broadway today, no changes at all. It's still 6 out of 10. It's funnier than you remember. It's darker than you remember, even without Daniel Fish's changes. So, like, it is a 6 out of 10. However, I am thinking of increasing that. We'll see how much. Okay. And to tell you how Hannah scored it, Yeah. Hannah gave it a 9.5 in Was It Important, a 9 in Was It Good, and a 6.5 higher than me in mm. Is It Good. Okay. Um. So... 
Think to yourself what you want to increase it to, and then we'll... Okay, 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 you go. Okay. I'm going to increase it, and is it good, from a 6 to a 7.5. Wow. Um, still, like, there's a lot of shows I like better. Okay, um, okay. But Do I want to change it from... It's, it's definitely, like, it's it's definitely more artistic so you... and relevant than it used to be. Like, there's a lot left to be desired. It still, like, isn't the best music on Broadway these days. There's, like, there just has been better music and better plot development since then. But this is a really fun work of art. Yeah. That I definitely enjoyed cr- quite a bit. Okay, okay, uh, okay, okay, okay. Honestly, Jeremy, I think I'm going to be disappointing here. I don't think I want to change any of my scores. I think this production proves that, like, we should be rethinking how we restage the American musical. But I don't think it changes was it good, is it good, was it important. It might change was it important, I guess. I had a 9.5, but I don't think I need to up it to a 10. No, I don't think so. Because I think, like, Daniel Fish allow. I, I actually think Daniel Fish is, like, not saying that the show is important. I think he's saying that, like, the way we expose or excavate what is happening underneath the skin of these shows is fascinating. And like this is a new way of thinking through the American musical theater canon. But I think that is more significant than Oklahoma. Does that make sense? No, I, I think that's yeah. totally fine. Um, yeah. but just to update you all, me increasing it by only 1.5, what that does is it takes it from third. So in, we, we keep two side-by-side rankings. There's the ranking of just our subjective scores right. combined, and then we add in a number based on the length of its run, how long it ran on Broadway in its original production relative to sh- shows that had previously run. So on our uh, primary ranking of just our scores alone, it had been in third place behind West Side Story and South Pacific. It now passes South Pacific by 0.5. So it's West Side Story in first with 54, Oklahoma with 52.5, and then South Pacific with 52. And then Oklahoma was tied for the lead with South Pacific when you include the length of the run. Now Oklahoma takes a 1.5 amount lead over South Pacific that will be almost impossible to catch. So Oklahoma no longer tied for first in our with run score. It is now alone in first place. So that is the consequence of me liking this revival more than the original. Well, uh, you heard it here first. I don't know where else you would hear it. All right, so I'm just going to update you quickly on Carousel and Kiss Me, Kate. Okay. So with both of those, so Carousel, I had given it seven important, eight was it good, and only one is it good. Similarly with Kiss Me, Kate, I gave it a five and was it important, a six and was it good, and a one and is it good. So both of those had a one. Both of those, I knew at the time, were garbage shows, <laughs> but had some entertaining songs and dance, which kept me from giving it a zero. Um, the question is, is seeing those songs and dances, which I already knew were good, is seeing them live, the joy of live theater, is that enough to increase the score from a one because now I've seen it in person? The answer is... The answer is yes. Really? So for each of them, so like Too Darn Hot was already the best part of the filmed production that I watched, and it still was the best version of ours, but when I saw it live, I was seeing Corbin Blue from High School Musical dance (laughs) before my very eyes. And that gets to the point. So each of those was previously only a one in Is It Good. Each of those is now going to be a two in Is It Good, which means each of all their scores are going to increase by one point. So let me see if they actually pass anything. So Carousel was in 16th place, and it stays in 16th place. No movement. And then Kiss Me Kate was in 20th place, one point behind Bye Bye Birdie. Now, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but Kiss Me no! Kate has tied wow. by... I didn't do this on purpose, but this is just the facts. However, here's the good news. When you add in the length of the run... Uh, it doesn't even make a difference. Whatever. Okay, so, so moral of the story, unfortunately, Kiss Me Kate is no longer in 20th place. It is now tied for 19th place with Bye Bye Birdie. Well, I'm oh sorry. well. Well, okay. Well, thanks for listening in to our uh, revival episodes. 
yeah, revival episode, singular, only one. Thank but you. But several revivals. Um, um, stop and, talking, Hannah. Go and on, um, next up, as we told you several months ago, next up is how to succeed in business without really <laughs> several trying. Several months ago, that was a that was a sort of a subtle drag. <laughs> I mean, I'm not the one who's making us not record. Um, oh boy. So hopefully, we come to you before too long <laughs> to talk to you about uh, how to succeed in business. Hey, everyone loves that show. It's great that there's so much mounting. Um, it's fine. Uh, anticipation. It's fine. It's an okay show. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Wait, hold on. Uh, Wait. Broadway at Broadway underscore binge on Twitter. <laughs> Shit. Okay. When we're getting back into our really successful, really prominent Instagram account, which is. What's our Instagram account? It's at account? Broadway binge. I don't think there's an underscore. I don't know. Look around. Just Broadway give, give it a binge. search. You're a young, savvy millennial or, okay. or, or Gen Z. <laughs> Get out. Bye. Bye. Bye.